2: Hello, and welcome back to the Celtics Lab Podcast. I'm your host Fritz today, Cameron of Dubai, joined by my friends Alex Goldberg and Dr. Justin Quinn. Alex, Justin, how are we?
0: Really busy, but doing all right. Probably better that I'm really busy than that I'm not really busy, so I'll take that.
1: Just got back from a hellscape of people half-wearing masks in airport and airplane settings. Y'all got to up your game. But besides that, pretty good.
2: If anyone's listening from Florida or Missouri or Arkansas... Good luck. We love you. Make good choices. Uh, and I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. So we have a whole lot to discuss from this offseason, which has only been going on for like a week, but it feels like it's been going on for a month. And there are some interesting rumors. There's some Olympic gold medals. There are some possibilities of trades to talk about. And actually, we're going to look beyond the season and ask an important question. What if the Celtics can't land Bradley Beal? And who's next on Brad Stevens' wish list? So, we are going to talk about that during the lab portion of the programming. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't, we would love for you to subscribe to our little podcasts. We would love for you to review our podcast, preferably five stars, but you do you. And if you would like, we have t shirts uh, that we sell by way of Design Tree. So, thanks again uh, for being here. So, <laughs> we have some bookkeeping and some interesting stuff to talk about before we get to Mr. Beal. Although, the Beal, baby twins and deuce all being friends in boston Uh, is i have to jump the gun and talk about how much i love that anyways since we last talked the tristan thompson trade has been finalized good luck in sacramento tristan thompson hopefully you don't get as much get in as much trouble in sacramento also since we last talked grant williams was named nba player association vice president he takes over from CJ McCollum who will become the president of the players association because Chris Paul is moving on and he joins Jalen Brown on the executive committee. So young Grant Williams, the Catan player, the, the guy who barely could play last year is now one of the most important and visible players in the NBA community. So that's pretty awesome. Shout out to Grant Williams. I'm sure you, you both have the same thoughts.
0: Big year for Grant. I mean, if you know, he's he's established himself as an important voice on the players union front. Uh, if he can establish himself as an important player on the court this year, then he could be he could be in for some run.
1: I'm not too worried about Grant. They really pushed him into a new and for him potentially difficult role. And he started to get the hang of it toward the end of the season. I think they're going to keep doing that to a little bit, but I also think that there's a big possibility that we see more small ball grant where he has excelled in the past.
0: Cool. Have to think that Horford being on the team is also going to help him.
1: All right.
2: Well, there, there you have it. Lots of good news for Grant Williams. Okay. A couple other things. Jason Tatum won gold. All the hand-wringing about the men's basketball team in Tokyo was all for naught.
0: they didn't Alex quite... was Alex was right. Alex was completely right about his his Olympics prediction. You, you forgot to mention that part when when Alex said that the team USA would win gold because Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. I think
2: we all came to that conclusion, but I was a little disappointed in Luca, but I wasn't disappointed in Jason. He was not the star of the show, but he's also twenty three years old. But he all, he did become the first Celtics player to win a gold medal at the Olympics since Larry Bird. So, you know, it's been a while since the gold medal has been in Boston. And before it gets to Boston, apparently it was in, I think Las Vegas with Jalen Brown, who Jalen hosted for his uh, clothing brand. I guess it's a lifestyle brand. He had an event. It seemed like it was well attended by some of the Celtics players. And that included Jason Tatum and his gold medal. And Jalen Brown, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, Took the medal and ran all around the club with it. So Clearly they hate each other. Yeah, not clearly friends. they hate each other. Well, they're just coworkers. So uh, congratulations to Jalen Brown for Jason Tatum winning the gold medal. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, you next, Jalen, four yeah. years from now. I mean, hey, if Udoka keeps being one of the primary coaches for the team, why not? And oh, Udoka won a gold medal too, so I guess Boston got two gold medals out of that one. Congrats to Coach who just had a birthday. And then finally, and, and then we're gonna transition to talking about Bradley Beale or maybe not Bradley Beale specifically. Let's talk about Summer League really, really quick. Boston just won against Atlanta, 85 to 83. Very solid games from Fast PP, from Carson, from Yam, and the new kid, the French kid Bergarin. Is that how we've decided to pronounce his name? Begain.
1: Begain. Something like that.
2: Something like that. I probably
1: murdered it. Don't don't kill me, please. hmm
2: Well, they're looking good. And I uh, I'll ask you guys what you thought, but I just thought that Pritchard looked so comfortable. He really looks, I mean, I know he was a four-year college player, so he's older, but he just looks in control of the game and in control of being a leader on the team and in control of the media. Pritchard was my continues to be my Vegas standout. There's a few more games, I believe, or no? Yeah, a few more games, a few more games.
0: So the Celtics are playing again tonight. Uh, I'll be interested to see how that's going. But Cam, to your point, Um, Richard looks like he's too good to be there. Frankly, he looks (laughs) like he, uh, should be worrying about like being in training camp and just being an impact six man. I don't think summer league, like obviously summer league is a great place for him to develop chemistry with some of the younger guys, but he's on a different level of player than a lot of those dudes right now. And, uh, you know, I, I think overall, the Celtics summer league roster is pretty stacked as far as summer league teams go. I mean, you, we didn't even mention Romeo Lankford hitting a game winning shot. You know, he looked really good. Uh, Begarin looked great. Uh, I thought, you know, he's got big long arms and he can hit a corner three, which is quite promising. I think he probably needs another year in Europe to really flesh out his game, but I have high hopes for him in the future. Um, the guy that really stood out to me, though, was Jan Madar, who we talked about extensively a couple of weeks ago on the Lab podcast. I mean, the comparison to Rajan Rondo, I think obviously he's not, you know, a defensive genius in the way that Rondo <laughs> is, but nobody could be that. But he is picking dudes up full court at Summer League and harassing them and diving on the floor for loose balls and just generally seems to play with an air of extreme confidence and a little bit of like mean spirit, spiritedness, which I really like, and I'm I think he has a really good shot at making the roster based off of this this first performance. We'll have to see how he does going forward in summer league, but I really liked what I saw
1: from Matar. Big fan as well. I, I do think that Carson is also being misused in summer league. We know that he can do well in long stints. He's always done well in the G League. The problem for him has been coming off the bench and finding ways to contribute quickly. Mm -hmm. That's not really been something he's been good at. And I think they really, you know, me playing armchair coach here, they really should be playing him more like that uh, for the rest of the rest of summer league, because, we know he does well when he once he gets his rhythm going. How can he do as a microwave score? How can he do as someone who isn't going to see time on this? I mean, maybe they're just trying to drive up his value, but I don't think scouts at this point are clueless about the fact that he does well when he gets run.
2: Yeah, I was going to say they—they're so desperate to trade him that they should be—he—he he should be the only player on the floor. They need to showcase him like no other. And to that point, the big takeaway I think from summer league is that none of it matters. Uh, except I I do think Alex kind of what you were saying about this is a good group. I think it's really great for Pritchard and Naismith in particular to have this time because Aaron Naismith, we kind of forget that the draft was in November and then the season started at Christmas and we had rookies playing for the Celtics team that had no training camp, no summer league, no acclimation to who they're working with or anything like that. And so I think the best takeaway for fans of the Boston Celtics is that they're young guys get to hang out, get to meet the coaches, get to get a little more comfortable. Uh, there's a, a piece online. I think Hemelsbeck wrote it about how stressed Aaron Neesmith was last year about his expectations specifically around shooting. And so much of that I think has to do with how quick the season started for rookies and people new to the team. So hopefully this is a positive experience. Alrighty. We have, we have a fun lab we're going to hop into, and counterintuitively, our segue isn't going to be about Bradley Beal or Carl anthony Towns. It's going to be about tampering, because the way that teams are built in the NBA follows this weird kind of sports center programming schedule. <laughs> the offseason starts at 6 p.m. Eastern, so it's illegal to talk to your friend from St. Louis of a million years beforehand. So if perhaps the Celtics are looking to bring on Bradley Beal next year, and we will talk about the backup plans, they're going to have to do it in a way that doesn't look like tampering, which feels already impossible because the teams related to Alonzo ball, Chicago and Orleans the teams related to Lowry, Miami and Toronto seem to be on the midst of getting their wrists slapped. Dr. Quinn, can you tell us about these tampering investigations and then, Maybe we can make sense of if they matter for the Celtics.
1: So these are relevant to the ball, the Alonzo ball trade to Chicago from New Orleans, sign in trade, and the Lowry Sign-in trade from Toronto to Miami. They, they seem to be really cracking down on anything that has the appearance of prior discussion. Now, when there are when there are sign-in trades in particular, as opposed to just out and out deals. It's much more likely that you will be able to find uh, a potential leak, shall we say, or back channel that is e- more easily identifiable just because the number of parties involved is exponentially greater. Uh and it sounds like they are really pushing pretty hard uh, for they're they're trying to crack down as they did with the Bogdanovich trade from Sacramento uh, to the Bucks that now has them in Atlanta. And It sounds like, you know, basically under the new guidance for this this kind of tampering situation, picks can be taken, executives can be suspended, deals can even be voided. Everything that
0: I have read suggests
1: that while you are correct, Justin, they
0: are going to approach this from a more serious, just uh, from a more serious um, kind of aggressive standpoint. I haven't seen anything to the effect of the deals getting voided. It seems like they are going to go through, but I, I totally agree. I think it could result in executive suspensions and more importantly, I think draft pick uh, compensation, which could be really impactful for a team like Miami that uh, really needs rookie contracts. uh, Given that if the Lowry deal goes through, which I think uh, will, it will, they're going to have, Nearly all of their cap sheet tied up in four players, so that's a that 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 actually matters a great deal to Miami. They need those cost controlled rookie contracts.
2: I don't know, tampering seems like a silly, naive law or rule that maybe in the next CPA they can sort out because I don't know, a bunch of really important NBA players were just in Tokyo for however long sleeping in cardboard beds not able to visit anyone i'm sure they talked i'm sure they talked to the coaches and I, I don't know it's just it's so paternalistic and stupid and i'm sure that there are reasons that protect small markets and i love the small markets but quit you just i, I don't know you just throw your hands up sometimes with some of the things that the NBA chooses to legislate so hopefully no one in the Celtics orbit ever talks to Bradley Beal between now and next summer. But if they do, maybe they will decide, you know what? Bradley Beal isn't the right player for the Boston Celtics, or maybe Bradley Beal will decide Boston isn't the place for me. So what we want to do with the lab portion of the programming is talk about that, that Boston is so sure fans anyways, are so sure that it's Bradley Beal or bust it's big three or bust. What happens if Bradley Beal isn't the big fish? So that's it. That's the frame. What if it's not Bradley Beal? We kind of have discussed in previous podcasts that this is a season for tinkering, for getting ready, for cleaning up the books, and that the summer of 2022 is where everything goes down. So first, we're going to start with that. What if Bradley Beal doesn't want to sign here outright? Who are the free agents that the Celtics can go and get? And Like we've said before, with a little bit of creative bookkeeping, they can probably sign smart to an extension and still open up something like max cap space. Although it depends on the player and the years of service and whatnot. So first we're going to talk about the free agents that are available next year. That might be replacements to Bradley Beal. But if that doesn't work after that, we're going to talk about who's out there for a trade. Maybe not the full Godfather with four picks and all the young players, Maybe a combination of young players and picks, but if the Celtics really want a third star to pair with the Jays, who's out there? So we'll do the free agency first, and then the trades after that. So with res- well, as I was say, with respect to Bradley Beal, Alex.
0: Yeah, so the big one that comes to mind uh, immediately, if Bradley Beal is not available, is Zach Levine. Um, so obviously, the Bulls have made a ton of moves this offseason. We'll see how they if they go through or not. But uh, you know, the acquisitions of DeMar DeRozan, the acquisition of Lonzo Ball, and then uh, the acquisition of Nikola Vucevic last year. These are all very explicit. Uh, attempts, I think, by the Bulls to try and build a team that Zach Levine wants to re-up with uh, when he hits free agency next year. But in the NBA, nothing is a guarantee. Uh, Similarly, so there is no guarantee that the Bulls will be good enough that Levine wants to re-sign with them. And there's no guarantee that that he ever intended on re-signing with them in the first place. He has kept his cards largely close to the vest, from what I can tell. And obviously, Levine was also on Team USA along with Jason Tatum. Uh, They uh, presumably have talked together. They have been teammates before. It's not crazy to think that uh, Levine would be a natural target if the Celtics whiff on Beal. I have a little bit of reservations myself about signing Zach Levine to a max contract. I think he dramatically improved last year. I'm still a little dubious about him as a max guy, but that guy fits the timeline of what the Celtics are trying to do and could be a pretty intriguing third-wing option if indeed he is available for free agency next year.
1: It's also Terry Rosier. You may have heard of him. (laughs) Uh, He he might be familiar to Boston Celtics fans. There's been a little bit of buyer's remorse, uh, and perhaps relatively so, no offense to Kimball Walker, his knee was not his fault. I would definitely be interested in that as well. And of course, you know, this Kyrie Irving guy.
2: How, how do we feel about him? Oh, my irony of ironies. If the Celtics re sign Terry Grozier or Kyrie Irving, which we have, I wrote it in our notes. We have a list of these free agents. I just wrote LOL. Kevin Durant is expected to sign a big fat extension. with brooklyn i assume that harden and irving who were both uh free agents next summer or could become free agents next summer i assume that they're re-upping in brooklyn at or around the same number of years weird things happen in the nba so i am not i'm not gonna make a guarantee that i know for a fact that that's going to happen it does
0: have to be said that there are potentially other all-star level point guards available in the next coming months we'll see
2: Wait, I don't know who you're talking about. Who you're talking about?
0: Well, well, I'm just monitoring the situation in Portland. I'm not making any bold claims to anything. I'm just I'm just looking at it. That's all.
2: Uh, you mean for Brooklyn, not for Boston? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we already talked about that. If the Celtics should not go and pay a quarter of a billion dollars for <laughs> Damian Lillard right now. But that that's fair enough. That teams like Brooklyn he it has money. <laughs> yeah, he does have money. Uh, another list or grouping of potential free agents next summer. These are all restricted free agents. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., we got Colin Sexton, and we got Michael
0: Porter Jr. Any of those tickle your fancies? Um, uh, Colin Sexton, I think, is pretty interesting to me. Uh, there's been some reports of animosity and a little tension in the Cavs locker room, particularly with Sexton being a really ball-dominant player and with the Cavs maybe preferring uh, the ball to be in Darius Garland's hands. Mm -hmm. So uh, Colin Sexton, I don't think it's a lock that he wants to stay with Cleveland. Now, I think Cleveland, if they are in a situation which strikes me as highly plausible next year where Sexton is simply in restricted free agency, I would bet that they would match most offers but it's not a guarantee. So that's a guy I'm keeping my eye on. Also, it would be kind of funny for the Celtics to simply sign in free agency the guy that they traded in the Kyrie Irving deal, in effect, with the Nets pick. So that's, that's the one I'm keeping my eye on. I don't, Michael Porter Jr. seems to me to be a lock, to be a Denver Nugget for the foreseeable future. So I'm, I'm not really
1: betting on that one. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I do have some reservations about Sexton. I mean, if Kemba didn't work very well, uh, even when he was healthy, just because of his relative ball dominance and not really knowing his I'm not sure that it would be such a great fit. Besides that, I think uh, for me, Jaron Jackson Jr. would be an ideal fit, but I I also think that he's a pretty likely return to, to the Memphis Grizzlies. All of those
2: players, in theory, could join Boston in the summer of 2022 in free agency in some capacity. It's also possible, as Justin alluded to earlier, that sometime soon the Celtics get antsy and they want to make a big trade. And because those players are ostensibly expiring contracts, they're worth keeping an eye on. Now, say none of that pans out, there's no free agency bid going on and none of of these premier soon-to-be free agents are moved either at the deadline or change teams in the summer we wanted to know who could the Celtics go get if big threes are the ultimate currency in the NBA, what are we looking at? So we're going to do a mini game and we're going to break this list down into two tiers. One group of players I'm going to read off. These are kind of like established stars, ready-made products, a little more than maybe others. And this isn't based on necessarily any reporting, but more reading the tea leaves and guessing what is to come. I'm going to guess, ask Alex and Justin after they hear the list to tell me which name do they prefer, which name would they accept, and which name gets bronze begrudgingly to possibly become a Celtics trade target. Let's say it's uh Smith, Rob Williams, and two firsts or something like that, a mini Godfather offer. And all of this, again, is contingent on what happens to Horford's, contract, what happens to Smart's contract, and what happens to Rob Williams' contract. So this is very pie in the sky, but that's what that's what the NBA offseason is all about. So here's our tier one, go out and trade for people. There's not that much reporting to back it, but screw that. Alex, Justin, tell me which one do you prefer the most, which one comes in second and is acceptable, and which one would you begrudgingly add to your wish list? First, and maybe most obviously, Carl Anthony, Anthony Towns. We also have CJ McCollum and I added Draymond Green to the list because I think that things in Golden State are going to get expensive and that's an ownership group with a crazy amount of money, but I still think Draymond could be gotten. So out of those three established ready-made would-be third legs to a big three, which do you prefer? Which Would you accept? Which one would you begrudgingly add to the Celtics?
0: If those are the options, I would prefer Carl Anthony Towns of the three. I think that Towns is on a similar timeline to Jalen and Jason. And I think that uh, his potential has largely been wasted in Minnesota. I do not think he is a good defender. I think he would have to learn how to do that. But I think if you put him on a roster with Jason, Jalen, and potentially Marcus, that could cover for a lot of Towns' defensive issues. And it does have to be said... He is a superb offensive player and has been basically every year of his career at the center position. So he's the guy that I would like the most of those three. Uh, I think I would accept Draymond Green. Uh, I like Draymond's uh, intensity, leadership, defense, and uh, just high level of basketball IQ. Um, I don't love that Draymond Green is on the older side of things. And I Mm -hmm. think there's a kind of similar... There's a lot of kind of crossover with what you get from Draymond Green that you could get from Al Horford for cheaper. So I, I, I'm a little bit less enthusiastic about that fit, but Draymond is one of my favorite players and has been for some time. Uh, of those, I of the names you mentioned, Kim, I am not. Particularly interested in CJ McCollum, I think that CJ is going to be pretty expensive, and I think he has had a pretty substantial injury history. I also think that he would be a little bit redundant from a playstyle standpoint with Jalen and Jason in a way that a more talented player such as Bradley Beal could maybe not be. Would be I think Beal is a little more adaptable uh, mm-hmm. with his game, so. I'm, I'm pretty out on CJ McCollum as a future Celtic. I, I don't particularly love that. There is one other name that I think has to be mentioned in these conversations, if, if only because he is a star level player who is available. However, he is the player that I would like the least of all of these, <laughs> and it is Ben Simmons. Um, I don't anticipate this happening. I think that Philly would likely ask for Jalen Brown and then Brad Stevens would have a good chuckle to himself and hang up the phone. But it does have to be said that uh, Ben Simmons is pretty available right now
1: and so Mm -hmm. could be gotten. So for me, I I have a fairly similar outlook on, on things, though I do feel differently about CJ. I'll start with, I also think that, you know, Carl would be the preferred target, obviously, mm-hmm. out of this group. I have the same concerns about the defense. I do think that there's a way to hide him, particularly if you can find a way to keep Marcus smart. I am actually higher on C.J. McCollum. I think that he can and is smart enough and capable enough to really slot into more of a distributor role than a score first guard if he has to. I I think that he, because he isn't going to be looking for a new contract anytime soon, will be okay with that, particularly if they win. So Mm -hmm. I think he is definitely my acceptable candidate. And for me, the begrudging candidate, I think, would actually, if we're going to include Ben Simmons, it would be Ben because I want nothing to do with Draymond Green. I I will not (laughs) deny he's one of the best possible um, distributors in the front court that you can get in this league right now. But I mean, his offensive game is already starting to take a nosedive and I suspect it's going to fall off of a cliff. And I really just don't want to be holding that contract when it does. All right.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I could go back and forth on CJ, The Ben Simmons is interesting. I don't think that there's any chance he comes to the Celtics, but I do think, it when he gets traded it's really not if at this point when he gets traded that could set some things in motion so those were that's one crop of players that could get displaced because of this that and the other and maybe the celtics would get opportunistic another way that boston could go and get a third leg of a big three also has to do with opportunism but it is a tried and true story of a big market team picking on a small market team so I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. I'm going to give you a bigger list, but which one of these names, not duo of names, names do you prefer? Which would you accept? Which is your begrudging third, so gold, silver, bronze. And these are teams that are predominantly small markets or players from teams from predominantly small markets that not much reporting at all going on here, but I suspect in the next six to 18 months, ownership could decide this is too expensive of a team if this team flounders drops off or runs into a wall. So, here's a list of players that could possibly be replacements to Bradley Beal if Bradley Beal does not end up in Boston. So, we talked about MPJ, I could see Jamal Murray getting squeezed out of Denver. Uh, similarly in Utah, Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert if things go south. That's a very expensive team. I know that they just got bought by a new age billionaire, but that's going to be an expensive team if they're not winning. I think Sacramento is going to have to move Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox, and or Harrison Barnes. I think Indiana cannot afford to stay the way they are. No one's going to take Miles Turner. So I think Sabonis or Karis LeVert could be up for grabs. I actually don't know anything about San Antonio's ownership group, but uh, Murray or White, I think that that team has some tough decisions if they want to really tear it down or if they want to run it with these this kind of rebuild on a fly mode. We talked about Sexton, and I'll add Brandon, Brandon Ingram to the list because, man, did New Orleans blow it this offseason, and they're going to have to rectify that sooner rather than later. So, of all of these names, not duos of names. These are names from teams that are probably too expensive for their own good. Who's your gold, silver, and bronze candidate. Who would you prefer the most Accept and begrudgingly take third. If the Celtics need a third star, we can talk about that and can't get Brad Beal.
0: So I'm going to try and stick to the names that I think are more likely personally. I don't particularly feel like Murray or Mitchell is really on the table. I think those guys are pretty locked into their franchises, Um, the guy that I think of the likely ones, or at least possible ones that would finish gold for me is De'Aaron Fox. I just think he would be an incredible fit with Jalen and Jason. Uh, Mm -hmm. that would be such a fast paced dynamic team. And I think they could really make a serious threatening run. Uh, so Fox would be top of my list after that. I think De'Jounte Murray for similar reasons. Um, Murray's got a little bit more of an injury history, but he's a really explosive and dynamic player who is potentially also a better defender than De'Aaron Fox. So uh, I really like that one. He would be my silver. And then, you know, I think looking at the remainder of this list, the name that jumps out to me would probably be Demontis Sabonis. Um, for a little bit of a different wrinkle. I really like Sabonis as a player. I think that he offers a lot of kind of different things that this Celtics team doesn't really have. He is a pretty dominant post-scorer when he needs to be. He can also hit the three and is a pretty solid passer. I do have some reservations about Sabonis as a defender. Uh, He's not particularly great on that end, but I think if you paired Sabonis with Robert Williams, uh, that could make for a pretty serious front court. So those would be the three that I'm keeping my eye on. Mm
1: Well, you finally got payback for the time I stole that trade from you, because those are literally the three players I was considering as well. Um, I will say that I, I do think that Fox is going to be my top player, regardless uh, that you chose him simply because they really look like they are going to be set uh, for the guards of the future and they could get a haul that would set them up to restock the rest of their team to build around Halliburton and the, the rest of the cast that they're assembling there. Uh, I would also like, if I'm not going to go uh, with Sabonis um, or DeJounte Murray, I'm I'm less, I I love DeJounte Murray. I don't think that he's gettable, really. I think that's mostly smoke. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I am into the idea of Brandon Ingram. I think that he would also be, yeah, I think he's very gettable. Uh, I don't necessarily think that, they the, the New Orleans is necessarily super committed to, to him. I don't think that he is the best fit with, with the rest of the cast there. However, he's not an ideal fit in Boston either. And then I think for, for my, my least inter like least favored uh, potential addition, I think again, Colin Sexton, I do think that there is a world where he could be a potentially less than max player who they could add in uh, a busy free agency class but I'm not really sure that, that he's going to mesh well with the Celtics.
2: Right. And part of this list, not only is who can the Celtics poach, but these are players roughly on the same timeline as the Jays. So there's some younger players on this list. We didn't talk about, I'm sure there's some older ones too. Alex, I guess I disagree. I think Jamal Murray or Donovan Mitchell in this day and age could just go to ownership and say, I'm going to make this ugly. Please trade me. And
1: some rumbles for Mitchell I don't know how real they are, but I've heard them as well.
2: Of course. And so much of that is, are they authentic rumbles? Are they people from clutch sports trying to create the rumbles, you know, but all the same, we have heard that a name that could be on this list just as easily is also Malcolm Brogdon. I just think that the Pacers are too expensive for a team that never likes to spend too much money. So uh, Fox, Fox has been mine for a few weeks now. So I'm also going to say Fox. I'm very curious what happens with Buddy Heald because he was nearly traded to the Lakers and Genie doesn't go back in the bottle. So I feel like he's got to get his, his ass on the move. And yeah, then from there, it's really interesting to me. I don't know that the Celtics need a big three. I think like looking at, and that's kind of the point of this exercise. And maybe we'll end on that is looking at what are the actual possible ways that Boston could build a quote unquote, big three. There's a lot of name brand value, but at the end of the day, rolling seven incredibly deep and relying on the Jays, might be a better pathway to success than big game hunting. And quite frankly, that's why I feel about Bradley Beal. That dude sucks at defense. So on that bombshell, that's where we're going to end. Is camera doesn't think the Celtics should get Bradley Beal or maybe any other conceivable star.
0: Alex respectfully disagrees with that.
2: Alex won't be here next week, so he can't defend himself. <laughs> all right, thanks for listening, everyone. Go ahead buy all of our t-shirts. Uh, like, subscribe, and also go find Divine Sweater. On Spotify, they play our music whenever you hear music. That's from the good people at Divine Sweater. Thanks for listening.